you, Jesus. Amen. There we go. Okay, pull that back down a little bit. Is that a little loud? Yeah, pull that back down a little bit, black one. Is that good, everybody? I know I'll get loud here in a minute. I'll pull it away. <laughs> Amen. But Brother Parker left off. He was talking about uh, neglect, it says in First uh, Timothy 4.14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Amen. So as I was talking already, we have been given a gift. God has placed in us the gift of the Holy Ghost. He has placed in us power and authority and dominion and the ability to teach and to preach and to minister. And if you think about in the book of Acts, chapter 2, after the day of Pentecost was fully come, and, and 3,000 souls were added to the church that day, and it said that they went about, amen, they, they went, the, the Bible talks about there at the end of Acts chapter 2 about how they went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship together. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Well, how did he do that? Somebody had to be teaching somebody else about what the experience that they had, right? Amen. They didn't just walk around and people weren't just falling down in front of them. They were... They were sharing what they had, what had happened to them on the day of Pentecost. They were sharing about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and about the promises that Jesus had given and and all these things that took place. Amen. And so these people weren't educated people. They weren't Bible college educated. They They didn't go through a discipleship class first and then be released to go out and teach. They just went with what they had. Amen. And so many times we don't need to know a whole lot of Bible. I mean, you can carry your Bible with you on your cell phone today. Amen. So it's not hard to have a Bible with you if you really, really want to carry one and not carry a real Bible. Amen. But we have our testimony. We have what really, really happened to us. Amen. I can remember the day I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can tell you where I was. I could drive you there now and park in the parking lot and walk you to the spot where I received the Holy Ghost. I could take you to the East China Sea walk you down the stairs where they took me down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. Every one of us can think back if we were to think right now where we were the day we received the Holy Ghost. And if you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet, that's okay. It's just like remembering, you know, where you were when 9-11 happened or, you know, some, some unique point in time in your life. And that's all you need to teach and to minister to somebody. Amen. And so the Bible talks about not neglecting that. We've, what does that mean? Well, we've got to make sure that we nurture that. Amen. We, we do nurture our own bodies, don't we? Do we eat when we're hungry? We, and we try to eat what's healthy, right, to keep our bodies healthy, right? We don't want our bodies to become unhealthy. We want them to be healthy. Amen. Or we, if it's our vehicle, we take it in when it's time for an oil change. We take care of it. Why do we do that? Because we want to keep it on the road. We don't want to have to go buy another one. Amen. And so we we go through all this to take care of the things around us and our body and everything. Then we need to be doing likewise with our walk with God and with our, you know, our commitment to serving God. We need to keep that thing strong. And how do you do that? You study the Bible. You read the Bible. Be consistent. Amen. I will not I am not a Bible scholar but people will say, "Oh my goodness, you know so many scriptures." And I look at them like, "No, I don't." But to them I do because they don't hardly know any. 
But how did I get to that point? I had, you keep reading the Bible and I, there's, you know, I have not intentionally for the most part tried to memorize scripture, but how have I memorized them? By consistently using them over and over again in my life and the Lord ministering them to me and you keep going to the same place all the time, you're going to start remembering those scriptures. You're not even intending on really memorizing them, but it just comes to you. The Lord just lets you learn that. Amen. And most of those scriptures are scriptures that he's given me for my life. Amen. And one of the scriptures the Lord gave me when I came up here was in, uh, I'll just go there. Hebrews. Ten. Praise God. I was just praying one day, and the Lord just just brought this scripture into my mind. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen. So there's a lot going on there. And the Lord was trying to encourage me. I was really kind of questioning about what was going on in my life at that time. And this scripture came into my mind, and the Lord was just telling me, don't cast away your confidence. Stick with what I've told you. Your confidence is in me. It's not in your flesh. It's not in yourself. It's in me. Amen. And so it's important that we we not neglect the gift that is in us. Amen. We've got to give ourselves wholly to these things. Amen. This lesson talks about, and, it's, and there's several things that go on. As it says there in, in number one under number six there about meditation and and, uh, and the things that we, sometimes it's good to just kind of sit there and think about, you know, what would I say? And, but sometimes, you know, the Bible says, don't, don't give, consider what you're going to say. But when you get the opportunity, I'll be there to give you what to say. But it wouldn't hurt for us to maybe go through a Bible study ourselves personally. Just teach our own self a Bible study. Pick one out, you know, exploring God's word or something like that. Or uh, in my father's house, or I've got a Bible study in this Bible right here. And so search for truth, home uh, Bible study right there in the middle of my Bible. And I'm en- uh, endeavoring to go through that so that I know what that Bible study says. So if I get the opportunity, I'm not fumbling through it, but I know what that thing says. And you know what? In the process of going through that Bible study to kind of train myself to be prepared to give a Bible study, I'm giving myself a Bible study. All right? And I'm strengthening myself. The more you go to the gym, the more you work out and exercise and prepare yourself for running or whatever it is, the better you're going to be. Right? The more you practice at flute or whatever instrument you play. I play the radio. I'm really good at it. (laughs) As long as it's coming in. Amen. But we've got to persevere. We've got to, we can't be lackadaisical about it. Amen? Just think about the person that won you to, to Christ. Just think about the person that taught you that home Bible study. Just think about that one that, that got up and preached and ministered to you. They didn't, they didn't just take this lightly. They took this very seriously. And they got up and preached, and God used that word to minister and plant seed in you. Amen? Somebody somewhere was praying and seeking the face of God so that they could be ready to give an answer to every man for the hope that was in them. 
Amen? Amen. So by these, by this means, amen. I'm going to get down to, okay, he presses it upon him to be very cautious. Take heed to thyself. He goes on to say in that scripture to the doctrine, consider what thou preach. Continue in them in the truths that thou hast received. Amen. And so many of us, I've, I've been in, in this way for 26 years, going on 27 years, and I've learned a lot, but I've still got a lot to learn. Amen. There's so much to this. This Bible is so rich and so full of so many truths that we can't just stop at the basics that we get when we get in and get started. We've got to move on to, to deeper things. We've got to move on. The Bible talks about going from milk to meat, to being able to handle meat. Amen. When, when a little baby is born, they don't stick a steak in front of them. Right. They don't have any teeth yet. They can't chew it. So that baby has to drink milk and baby food and work its way up to eating steak. And so as we come into this, we're like babes. We're on milk. But as we grow in this, amen, as we grow teeth in, our, in the spirit, we begin to be able to chew on the word a little bit and begin to add more, add more, add more. Amen. That scripture talks about add to your faith virtue, add to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and so on and so forth. Those things are being added on top of the last thing. And then added, so you have to perfect one thing and then move on to the next thing. You can't skip one thing and go on to the next thing. You need that. It's a building block for the next thing. Amen. Timothy in, the, in this in this book was dealing with the apostasy of the church in that day. There was a lot of Jews that were coming to the Lord. And they were... You know, they were brand new babes, brand new Christians, brand new, filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. But they had been Jewish for so many decades and centuries that it was hard for them to break away. We were talking about our, some of us have uh, Catholic backgrounds, and we were talking downstairs about how, you know, how some of my family is so steeped in that it's really hard. It's like you're trying to get past a wall there. And, I, and I'm not saying anything against Catholicism. That's how I was raised. That's the foundation that the Lord gave me. Amen. But he also gave me a hunger and a desire for more. Amen. He, and one day he took the scales away from my eyes and allowed me to see. Amen. And so Paul was dealing with, these, with Timothy, trying to get and help him to understand how important it was to be prepared to be that good teacher. He was leaving him in charge as a 40-something-year-old man. Amen. And so everybody say, I'm a minister. Oh, now. Say it like you mean it. I'm a minister. Amen. We are ministers. Amen. We might not be licensed ministers, but we are ministers of the gospel. Amen. Some people, the only Jesus they will ever see is when you walk down the street or walk in the store or walk past them or, or you have that relationship that you have with them. Some of those people will never have an opportunity to meet me or come across my path, and I may never get the opportunity to speak a word to them. But you are there. You are on, on the job with those people. You are in your neighborhood, your next-door neighbor, whatever, with those people, and they are the only Jesus you're seeing right now. Amen. And so it's important that we are prepared for that. The care of ministers should be in the first place to save themselves. Once again, as I was saying, if you're teaching yourself that home Bible study to prepare yourself 
to teach somebody else that home Bible study, you're really saving yourself. Amen? Amen. We're not once saved, always saved, are we? Amen. Can we fall away from, from God? Can we fall away from grace? Can we backslide? Of course we can. Amen. If we don't keep ourselves, you know, up on... It's just like somebody that's an electrician or somebody that has to follow a certain code or certain regulations in their industry and their, that they're working in. If you don't keep yourself up on the rules and regulations and the state laws and all these things, you can get behind really quick and you can find yourself doing things as an electrician, let's say, that's out of code. And then you, you, that can cause a lot of problems. So it's important that we stay abreast of what's going on in the Word of God. Amen. Ministers in, uh, in preaching should aim at the salvation of those that hear them next to the salvation of their own souls. Once again, you're sitting there teaching somebody a home Bible study. In the middle of teaching somebody a home Bible study, you're, there's a lot going on there. You're learning how to listen to the voice of God. And so you find yourself, as, as time goes on, you start breaking away from kind of the structure of the Bible study, and you'll find yourself hearing the voice of God telling you to go here or kind of go off this way a little bit and talk about this. And you, you'll feel that as you're teaching the Bible study. But, in, but also in the process of that, you might, God might be giving you revelation about something in the middle of you teaching a Bible study. And in your mind, you're saying, I never saw that before. I've got to study that later as you're trying to teach the Bible study. And so we're saving ourselves afresh and anew every day. Amen. By the washing of the water by his word. Amen. That's why it's important to study the word, to keep that word in us. Amen. If you don't feed yourself over time, what's going to happen? You're going to become malnourished. Amen. Anybody ever seen a malnourished person? They don't look healthy at all. And so we're, we don't forget to feed ourselves. So we don't want to forget. And I, you know, I'm like you all. I have, my flesh does not like getting up early. And my flesh does not like sitting down and doing things that my flesh doesn't want to do. And so I have to make my flesh do that. Amen? Because what does the Bible say? We are crucified with Christ. It's, we are not our own anymore. We are bought with a price. He, he, he has made us sons in his kingdom, and he has made us to be servants. Amen. And we are, we are not our own. Amen. It's the word that saved you, and it's the word that's going to keep you. Amen. Amen. Second uh, Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Not to anybody else, but unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. This is Paul telling Timothy this. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And so Paul understood and was teaching Timothy. He had, he had brought Timothy into the church and he was preparing him and training him to take over this ministry. Amen. And he was telling him, it's important that you study. It's important that you what you study and how you study, that you might be approved unto God, that you might, that God might see fit to use you because he knew he was getting ready to deal with some stuff. Amen? All kinds of mess was coming. They were still worshiping idols, and there was all kinds of things going on with the Jewish people and the people that Timothy was having to deal with. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? 
Amen. You go over and talk to Brother Boyd. I'm sure he could tell you stories if he could of all kinds of mess that he has to deal with on a daily and weekly basis as a pastor. Amen. Stuff that you never hear about. But, you know, we face things every day. Amen. In life that just we weren't expecting that. Amen. And so it's important. And in First Timothy 4.13, it says, Until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Give attendance to it. That's talking about persevering, doing it intentionally. Amen? You have to do it intentionally. You can't be lackadaisical about getting a college degree if you want to be an accountant. You have to be intentional. You have to persevere. You have to take the time when everybody else is doing fun stuff. Amen? The guy that I work with used to run his own business in California, and he is a big, avid Harley-Davidson guy. He loves riding his Harley-Davidson motorcycle. And he lived in Southern California where there's it's summer all year round. And he said there was many weekends where he would just have to tell the guys, I'm sorry, I can't go riding this weekend. I've got bills to pay in my business and i've got quotes that i've got to put out and i've got this to do and that to do and he would spend his entire weekend doing that how else was he going to keep his business running and so there's times when we have to put this tell this flesh no this is for me amen i don't know you know i I get up every day and i ask god to send me across the path of somebody i want a bible study i'm not trying to run away from it I want God to send me a Bible study. I, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious. You know, I know the Lord's working. We haven't been here very long. We haven't met very many people except church people. But I want the Lord to open a door for somebody that we can teach a home Bible study, that I can see the light come on. Because I've, I've been there before. I've taught those home Bible studies where I've seen the light come on. And it's exciting when they say, I see it. Like Brother Parker was talking about the lady at in the chapel there when they were in Okinawa. I see it, I see it, I see it. And that is the most exciting thing to be in the room when they say that, I see it. Or when they say, I want, I want to receive the Holy Ghost right now. And then you're like, well, the pastor's not here. Well, you, can't, you have to just, you have to go with it. Amen? We had a young man in the military, in the Marine Corps, that was coming to our church, and we, we encouraged him one one Wednesday or Sunday, and we just said, you know what? Because he would come to the altar, and he just could not, just couldn't break through and receive the Holy Ghost. And we said, you know what? You can receive the Holy Ghost in your room by yourself. And you know what he did? <laughs> he received the Holy Ghost. Couldn't wait to get back to church to tell us he got the Holy Ghost in his barracks room by himself. And I almost think, feel like it had, we had to get all the people away from him that were praying for him. It was a distraction. And God just filled him with the Holy Ghost, and he was on fire. You couldn't tell that guy that that wasn't real. Amen. We had a young lady get the Holy Ghost in our recliner, sitting in our quarters in Okinawa, just in the middle of a Bible study. She just started weeping, and we just started praying. Next thing you know, she's talking in tongues. How exciting was that? We were basically new converts. It was exciting for me to think, wow. God came into my home and did this. All I was doing was being faithful, teaching a home Bible study. And I I didn't know anything then. Thank goodness for that home Bible study I was following. (laughs) Praise God. 
Bible talks about living your life according to the word. Amen. In this lesson, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord of a, out of a pure heart. Amen. Once again, amen. We, we have walked away from this world. We, many of us have walked away from lifestyles that we were living before that we don't live that way anymore. And so we've got to continue to walk in that. Once again, we might be teaching a home Bible study without saying a word just by our, our, our chaste attitude and our godliness and our righteousness and the peace and the joy that just emanates from us every day. Amen? You know, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen? It's not going to get there by accident. It's not going to get there by osmosis. Amen. You've got to hide it, that word in your heart. You've got to take it just like food and eat it. You've got to chew on that, meditate on it. And, and, and I know Brother Parker has said this many times. What is this saying to me, God? When you feel that, when you're reading through and you run across something that just kind of stops you. I mean, I, I have a hard time reading through the Bible every year because I'll get, I'll stop on a scripture and I'll turn it into a three-day Bible study for myself. I want to figure out what is this saying? What did they mean in the Greek? And what did they mean in the Hebrew? And what is this really saying? Because it just kind of jumps off the page at me. And so that's how we've got to do it. We've got to find those nuggets. And, you know, sometimes God will give you revelation of something that he didn't give anybody else. And when that happens, there's nobody that can come and take that away from you. Amen. And you're in one of those wow moments like, wow, I never saw that. I've read that scripture a hundred times. How many has read the Bible through a hundred times? No, no, none of us have. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Do not be a respecter of persons. Wow. Boy, that, I could go in so many places with that right there. Don't be a respecter of persons. What exactly does that mean? Amen. Well, what they were trying to talk about, what God was talking about, was uh, mostly in the, in that day the Jewish people. You know, some some of those nations, it's it's kind of like some cultures look down on each other. You know, certain certain types of Hispanic cultures look down on other types of Hispanic cultures, and some of them they think they're up here and they're down here. And it's in their culture. It's just built into their culture. It's always been that way. Amen. And so we've got to be careful and not let ourselves get this mentality and this mindset of, well, that person probably wouldn't be hungry. They probably wouldn't want to hear this based on how they look, how they smell, how they might be acting at the time. Amen. We've got some awesome preachers in this organization that were once alcoholics. You know, that, that are no more alcoholics. One day, God got a hold of them, and they went home and poured all their alcohol out in the sink and never touched it again. And so you never know who it is you're ministering to. So we cannot be a respecter of persons for, for, for their religion, for, for whatever it is in their life, for the way they dress, the way they act, what they do. Amen. Because really, in, in all actuality, we don't know What's going on behind the scenes in the life of an individual? Yeah, they might be drinking. Yeah, they might be doing some things. But they might be going home at night miserable, laying in their bed, crying themselves to sleep every night because they can't find peace. 
Amen? And so we've got to be ready to give an answer. We've got to be ready. We've got to have that spirit emanating from us like, like a bright light bulb draws bugs. We've got to have that bright spirit of God just emanating off of us. Amen? Do not be a respecter of persons. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen? None of us hates ourselves. We love ourselves. I mean, you know, we take care of our body, right? We feed ourselves. When, when somebody lays some cookies out, we go get some, right? Or a nice big piece of carrot cake or you know, whatever, you, whatever thing it is, fill in the blanks. We're, not, we're the first one in line to go get a piece of that, right? We're going to take care of ourselves, amen? We've got to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, Amen? And that's another thing I pray. I ask God, give me a love for people. Just give me a love for people, whoever. Amen? Without respect to person, just let me love them. Because like, he had a love for people. He never turned anybody away. Amen? But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law. As transgressors, he was talking about the Mosaic law. The Jews were trying to look down their noses at these new Christians. And he was trying to say, look, you you know, we're all on the same page. When we come to Christ, when we come to Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if you are a prostitute or the president of of a CEO of an organization. We're all on the same level playing field now. We all have the same blood, the same name of Jesus applied to our life. Amen. And what better thing to do with that than to turn around and tell somebody else? Amen. Show forth God's love. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Amen. Not one for another, but one to another. Treating Treating others as you would have them to treat you. Anybody ever heard that? called the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you but in in this world that we live in their philosophy is do unto others before they do unto you amen but we've got to do unto others we've got to be like christ amen amen i've i've, I've had opportunities to give away things like neckties and and people are like, what are you doing that for? I don't know. I just feel led to give this guy a necktie. I don't know why. It's my favorite tie. But if if God gave it to me and he's telling me to give it away, who am I to say otherwise? Just give it away. You'll give me another one. And if he doesn't, bless God anyhow. I'm going to bless that person. That's what he told me to do. I'm going to do it. Amen. How to disciple those we have won. Amen. We're going to find ourselves in that place. Okay. You've, you've gotten them into the church and you've gotten them to the altar and they understand and they see the oneness of God. And now what do you do? You can't just sit them on the pew and say, okay, grow. Amen. If you go out to Walmart and you buy a house plant or Target. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we keep picking on Walmart. That's just apostolics and Walmart go together like ice cream and chocolate syrup. Anyway. You go buy a house plant somewhere and you go home. Oh, it's so beautiful. And you go sit it on your piano. 
and you don't do a thing to it, you just let it sit there, you don't water it, you don't do anything to it, what's going to happen? It's going to die. I'm going to tell that story. <laughs> Amen. So you got to take care of stuff. Sister Sonia's out here watering and taking care of This stuff's not going to take care of itself. we got to take care of it. We've got to cut our lawn when it needs cutting. Amen. Us men, we've got to cut our hair when it needs cutting. Right? Amen. And so teach them. we got to teach them. Amen. I'll never forget when we first got in the church in Okinawa. Brother Parker wasn't there yet. Didn't know the Parkers. And, and you know, everybody was going down to this one room down off the building. To There was the prayer room. Well, I didn't, you know. I asked somebody. I said, well, well just come with me. Okay. I followed him down there. And so I got in there, and there's couches laying around, sitting around, and everybody's praying. And I said, well, I don't, they just said, just whatever you see everybody else doing, just talk to God. And they just walked away from me, went over there and found a place and started praying. So I just said, okay. So that's how I started praying. They took me down there and they showed me, here's what we do. And so after that, I was down there. Every time people were down there, I was down there praying. Because that's what, that's what we did. And you know what? We had awesome services in that church. Because we went down there before service, and we prayed the power of God into those services. And I can't give anybody, it wasn't us, it was God, but it was our faithfulness to Him. And He honored that prayer, and so it's important that we teach them, not just sit down at a desk or a table and teach them a Bible study, but we got to teach them some things, amen? Like my, my grandchildren were here uh, last Friday, Thursday night and Friday and part of Saturday, and some things you can can be taught at a table with paper and pencil, but some things are taught by in life. And there were several opportunities that we had to teach our grandkids some things. And it wasn't what we said, it was what we did. Amen. And they won't forget that. I know that. They will not forget it because they think grandma and grandpa are just like the best. And we've got that influence in their life, right? I'm not bragging on myself, but we have that influence over them. And so we have that influence over people. When they come to this, they think we're the scholar, Sister Sonia. They, I mean, they would do. They think we're the scholar. And so, you know, we don't brag about that, but we take advantage of that. And we teach them all that we know, how to live holy and godly and righteous and how to pay tithes and, and all these things. Amen? Amen. And learn how to share the truth in love. There's, is that, that's kind of... Indicating it says, uh, Ephesians 4:15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So if we can speak the truth in love, that means that the other side of the equation is we could speak the truth not in love, right? We can we can kind of come across harsh or you know kind of the opposite of speaking the truth in love. We can kind of come across the wrong way and. And, and and really mess things up. Amen. And so we got to share the truth in love. Amen. Somebody didn't come and drag us down to the altar kicking and screaming to get the Holy Ghost. They let us come when we were ready. When we began to see and understand the truth of all this. We we didn't we let our hands go from the back of the pew and we got out in the middle of the aisle and we walked down to that altar. And we said, I want this. I'm ready. 
Amen. And so we've got to teach them. We've got to instruct them. Amen. We can't just wait until we get to the church. Amen. We've got the opportunity. We've got the, the level of influence with these people. We've got to do it. Know what we are teaching. Here we go back to, to where I started, where Brother Parker left off about not neglecting the gift that's in you, not neglecting the opportunity to learn this scripture and to know these things. I mean, Brother Wayne, you can quote scriptures almost as good as Brother Parker sometimes. <laughs> you can, <laughs> but you can. You know them. Yeah, but you know them. You know, that, that's a lot for some people that have never learned the Bible. And so you can take and you can use that, and we, but we've got to use it right. Amen? You don't use a pair of channel lock pliers to hammer a nail in, do you? Well, you're not supposed to. You can if you, you can do it if you have to, but the, the pot, what I was always taught, use the right tool for the right job, right? <laughs> Wait, go find a hammer and do it the right way, right? And so we've, there's a right way in a wrong way. Amen? And so we, we've got to be, we've got to follow God. Let him lead us. Let him show us what to say. Amen. You know, he talks to all of us. Amen. He talks to us. We don't hear him sometimes, but he's talking to us. Amen. That's my biggest prayer is that God will let me hear him better every day, every day. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It's because we have taken no bread. And which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves and the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand? That I spake it not to you concerning the bread, but that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then understood they how that he had bade them to not beware of leaven of bread, but, be, but of the doctrine of the scribes and Pharisees. There's lots of doctrines. There's lots of things out there we've got to be aware of and beware of. And how do you, how do you overcome that? You know the doctrine. What, you know what the Bible says. How do you do that? Study to show yourself approved unto God. Stay in the Word of God. Don't say, this is what I think. Go to the Word. Always go to the Word. It's never wrong, ever. It's always right. Display meekness. I'm trying to wrap this thing up here in the next seven minutes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Those people that we're dealing with, they don't even realize they're opposing themselves. They're, they're blinded. We were talking about this downstairs. They have blinders on their eyes like Paul did when, when, when then Saul got the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the Bible says that as, as it were, scales fell from his eyes. Right, right. Amen. And so that's, that's a type of the blindness that's on the minds of people today. Amen. And so we've, we've got to bring them out of that blindness first. So that they can begin to see the things and go, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. And that they may recover themselves, it goes on to say in 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. 
Because he is, the devil's still, in, he's still the prince of the power of the air, right? He's not gone yet. So he's out there blinding people. And it says on there, who are taken captive of him, of him at his will. They don't even know that they've been taken captive of, of the devil at his will. And here we are living godly, living holy, living righteous. And they see something that's different. Even the, the man from Gadara, the one that was, that was in the graves, that was cutting himself and in the chains and everything, even he, full of the devil, when Jesus got out of the boat and stepped onto land, he came over and said, why have you come here to, to mess with me before my time? Even that guy, even full of the devil as he was, recognized that there's something about that Jesus that drew him over there. Right? And so we've got that same Jesus in us. So they should be drawn to us like that, right? They should be, right? They'll know we are Christians by our love, right? Amen. There's got to be a, a, something emanating from us that just draws people. They don't even know. They, they, they don't. Cu- I mean, they don't cuss around you. They stop themselves. I'm, this this guy I'm working with, he does it all the time. I don't even think he realizes why he does it. He'll start to curse, and then he'll just stop himself and say. You know, something a little more milder. And it's just it's just funny sometimes that but they don't realize that's the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not I'm not lifted up in that, but that's the power of God in me that's that's emanating from me like that that causes him to stop himself when he would just, just blurt it out and keep going. Amen. And so we have that. Sit down with them and seeing the multitudes he went up into the mountain and when he was set his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. Amen? Go, You know, Sister Parker was teaching somebody a Bible study down at the coffee shop. Take them out for coffee. Buy their lunch. Right? Invest in the opportunity that you have to influence somebody with this, to, to plant some seeds. Amen? Yeah, you might not see the return on your investment right away, but invest. you're investing in the kingdom. Look at it like that. You're not just throwing your money away, but you're investing in the kingdom. It's worth it to see somebody's eyes open. Spend time with them. Once again, I'm not going to hammer that too much, but, you know, they didn't have churches like this in the book of Acts. They didn't have pulpits. They didn't have the Internet. They, didn't have, they went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship together. And then right after that, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Well, how did he do that? He used the people that he filled with the Holy Ghost to propagate this gospel, to be seed casters. Yeah, yeah. everybody didn't receive it. Of course they didn't. There was more than 3,000 souls there that day. Only 3,000 received the Holy Ghost and were baptized in Jesus' name. Where were the other ones? Because the Bible says there was a multitude, way more than 3,000. So the rest of them said, eh, not for me, Right? I know plenty of people that have said that. Not for me, not right now, maybe next year, maybe next week. I'll think about it. Oh, I'll come to church and they never show up. Amen. You know, it's kind of like a guy that sells Kirby vacuum cleaners. He he goes door to door, right? And he throws dirt on your carpet and says, Oh, look, look how wonderful that thing is. Want to buy one? And if you say no, he packs it up, goes to the next door, does the same thing again, right? They say no, Packs it up, goes to the next door. A friend of mine did this right after high school. And 
And he said, you know, after a while, you'll find somebody, they'll buy one. But that's what, that's what you have to do is persevere. Not everybody's going to want to hear this, so you just throw the seed out there. And, you know, if somebody's casting seed in a garden or in a farm, they're not walking around going, where'd that seed go? Man, man I got it. That thing's not growing. No, they don't do that. They just keep throwing it. If it grows, if it germinates, fine. If it doesn't, you know, when you're casting grass seed in your yard, you don't go around making sure every little grass seed germinated, right? Drive yourself crazy. Friendship. Amen. Jesus made himself a friend. I was uh, reading this scripture to the kids in my Sunday school class last Sunday. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. I feel closer sometimes to the people of God, many times, than I do to my own blood family. I don't tell them that, my family. But I, I feel more ministered to and more close with the people of God in this family. You know that song we sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Washed in the Spirit, baptized by His blood and all that. We are a part of a family. That's one of the things when, I, when, these, when that young man got baptized the other day, I was back there and I said, welcome to the family. He just looked at me. I said, You're, you joined the family. How do you join? What happens when you join the family? You take on the name, right? You're an adopted son. You're, you've been adopted in. You've taken on the name. And all that comes with that name comes with it. All the authority, all the power, all the dominion, everything comes with that. We've got to get them to that point. Try not to offend. You know, it's easy to get zealous and and get a little ahead of yourself and, and run ahead of yourself and maybe say some things ahead of when you should. So that's when we need to ask the Lord like Solomon did. Give me wisdom to lead the people. Give me wisdom, God. Don't let me run my mouth. It's okay to pray like that. I do, because I know I got the gift of gab from my mother, <laughs> and I'm not, I won't hesitate to tell you that, amen, but I did, and so I have to be careful, I have to use wisdom, I have to, to pull the reins back a little bit sometimes when I'm talking, and maybe listen, let, let them talk, let, let's see what they have to say, let's see what God has to say, amen, so we've looked at some of the ways that we as Christian soldiers must teach others. We must fulfill the Great Commission and go teach others. Amen. That's why I had you say I'm a minister. Because the Great Commission is only to pastors, right? And evangelists and missionaries and pastors' wives, right? And Sunday school teachers. No, it's to everybody. So what is that? To me, this is to me, okay? I, I can't speak for you, but to me. What this is to me is if I'm not winning souls, I'm disobeying God. Because what does the word say? Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Who was he saying that to? Well, yeah, he was saying that to those disciples right there and right then. But isn't that for all of us as disciples? Because the book of Acts church is still going today. So are we, are we disciples of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And so it, it is our... We are commanded, the Great Commission. When you're commissioned as an officer, what does that mean? You sign a contract. 
You say, I will serve for the allotted period of time for the contract. And since we were bought with a price, <laughs> we didn't get to sign the contract. We were bought. He paid the, he, he signed the contract. He paid for us with his blood, with his life. Amen. So we are to teach. Amen. That, you know, that's why I believe Brother Parker emphasizes about ministering to these people that come in and that visit and, and loving on them. You know, I, I can remember back when I first got in church, I, somebody asked me one day, what was it that, you know, drew you in? And I told him, I was like, it was just the way everybody treated each other, the love that they had for one another. And I noticed that. And it was like, click, the light went on like, wow, wow. And so it's important. Amen. Amen. This, we want them to feel like family, right? Amen. You don't treat your family bad. Not really. Amen. 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 Let's all stand. I hope this has been all right tonight. And um, I'm sure...